0: I'm aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. I'm aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and
1: Sally help you. Welcome to the Struggle Bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither
2: of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Boom. Boom. Hey, it's the new year. It sure is. We memorized that. Do you still say happy? No, not at all.
1: (laughs) We memorized how to read off a page. Yeah, Uh, go please. What was I gonna? Oh yeah, I was. Oh yeah,
2: you were gonna say something.
1: I was gonna ask if it's still appropriate to say happy new year. On January 5th, if you haven't seen the person since it became the new year. It depends on who you ask on Twitter. That oh, seems really people, do like, like, people have opinions? Don't wish me a happy new year. It's like <laughs> the Monday after. I'm like, well, but I haven't
2: seen you in a while. So Also,
1: it's like, allow me to give you some other things to be angry about. Also,
2: when I say, how are you? I really don't ask how you're doing. It's just a greeting for the that's, season. That's a really good point. You know, like, happy holidays. Like, I don't really think about that. Um anyway, so you can always find us on Twitter at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find a struggle buddy or send us animal photos, which you are all so good at, or tweet at Sally T or me at
1: SPK Heller. Sally. Yo. How are you? Um <laughs> Happy Holiday. Thank you. Happy, Happy, New Year. Happy New Year. Happy January 5th, mm-hmm. 2016. Um I Am well, I, I wanted to talk about New Year's resolutions. Yes. I'm not making any. Great. I never do. Oh, have you ever made any? I don't think I ever have in my entire life. I think when I was a little kid, I did. I was like, it's a new year, yeah. time to, oh. New year, new me, All I'm seven. All the same problems. Yeah, <laughs> new New year, old me. Um. Yeah, We uh, uh, over on New Year's Eve, everyone was sort of talking about their what they were going to resolve to do. And I made it, I, I felt like it was sort of awkward that I didn't participate. Um but uh I don't know there's something about the new year that actually doesn't make me want to take inventory and Mm -hmm. change something fundamental about myself but how do you feel about them same I I think it's like so much pressure uh
2: actually this is what I was going to talk about later on well I can get to it right now um the pressure of having this date of like and then Mm -hmm. all this is going to change and it's a new you so for example I'm turning 40 in a couple months Mm -hmm. and the other day I was like I normally love my birthday you know like but I was like I just can't I don't I turn 40 I have to do a big party there's all this pressure and I found myself saying out loud "Ugh, I just want to be 41 already and I was like why <laughs> on earth did I just say that that's amazing and then I realized oh it's because there's no pressure on 41 it's that's all true. The pressure on 40 so I'm going to pretend
1: like this is my 41st that's a good idea invite people to your 41st yes birthday.
2: and then surprise it's my 40th
1: is <clears throat> 40 the birthday that people consider the hill I guess when people are like over the hill I'm
2: over the hill I'm officially a cougar not a puma um, Wait,
1: I didn't know that puma was a thing. That's a thing. I didn't know also cougar had an official age cougar designation. Cougar is if you're
2: over forty dating a younger person, which oh I am, oh will God. be. You're like I'm legit forty wonderful a cougar. And although I prefer ocelot.
1: Wait, did you just say forty wonderful? Yeah, that sounds <laughs> fucking amazing.
2: I heard that from somewhere once. I um, love it. So I'm going to be forty wonderful. Anyway, yeah, there's less pressure and like. With New Year's, if you look at it like, this year I'm going to do this, and then it doesn't happen in the first second, yeah, it's just disappointing. You like a also, like, what's... You don't it, have high hopes for anything, basically, listeners. yeah, so low, saying. Keep the bar low. So low. But
1: what's it like to only obsess about wanting to improve yourself one day, like at one time <laughs> during the year? <laughs> like, You know what I mean? So I'm... This is actually, while everyone else takes this moment to obsess about changing themselves, mm-hmm. I'm going to just, like, take a break from my self-obsession and, like, observe that. Yeah. I perfect. Do you have a nice New Year's? Yeah, it was really low key. Nice. Walking, I'm gonna just go out on a limb here and say that beaches in winter are as awesome as beaches in summer. Really? Yeah, winter a little winter beach walk. What's the difference besides uh, the I weather? Think it's just colder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really appreciate being on a place as beautiful as the beach with like hearing the ocean lapping and so on but not having to take off your clothes. Like getting to be on a beach and not have to be in a bathing suit is sort of amazing.
2: That's why I like rainy summer days mm-hmm. as opposed to rainy as opposed to nice summer days cuz you're not feeling the pressure to go outside. You Absolutely. can stay in and read a book.
1: And you know, you being on the beach without having to lather up in a sunblock, it's mm-hmm. pretty great. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I would recommend it. But tell me about you and your New Year's um, and life.
2: uh, You know, uh, the usual. uh, So this is SAG Awards season, which is a Screen Actors Guild. Okay. So you get all these SAG screeners, which are movies that are nominated that are in the theaters now. So it's fun to be like, I watch the big short at home. (laughs) So I watched most of them that we got um, and not impressed this year.
1: Wait, I need to ask you some questions about this. Yes. But I need to break the fourth wall and ask you if you can make what's in my headphones less loud.
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. Hold on a second Um, Sorry everybody There we are Is that better?
1: Um, A little more Oh yeah That's way better We're gonna that 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 doesn't affect The recording right now No 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 It's just the volume Of the headphones I don't know how Technology works So what's your Second question (laughs) (laughs) So my other My follow up is I understand what The Oscars are They reward garbage movies For being like epic And having great scores Or whatever I understand what The Golden Globes are Like we don't care About this much As the Oscars Mm -hmm. I don't really understand Where the SAG awards Fall into the whole Taxonomy of awards That is all correct It's an award show. Okay, but is it like, but we care more. Is it like higher quality award?
2: No, I mean, basically, award season is a way to make money. Mm -hmm. And the Screen Actors Guild, the cool thing is if you're in the Screen Actors Guild, you get to vote. So I get to say, I vote. What? I vote. I vote oh my in god, the SAG that's fucking Wars. amazing! We all vote, all the members of SAG, and then as a return, they send all the studios send you all their movies with like brochures about oh my the god, movies. that's fucking cool! So um, let's and, talk
1: about the movies. Here. And not
2: all of them can afford to send uh, some of the movies, so we don't get to see all the cool indie shit because they can't afford to send it to us. But we get all the Miramax movies, oh, all the big ones. So um, we've been watching a lot of them. We saw The Big Short, Spotlight. Bridge of Spies, all those blockbusters are in the theaters now. I didn't see
1: Bridge of Spies, but I saw the first two. What is Bridge of Spies?
2: It's Tom Hanks, and it's about a world war. Oh, no, sorry. It's the Cold War, and there's a spy, and there's a bridge. I'm not even joking. That's legitimately what it's about. And I'm not impressed. You didn't think? I loved Spotlight. Okay, Spotlight was good, but here's the thing, right? I thought it could have been a made-for-TV movie.
1: Oh, shit. Do you know what I
2: mean? Like, insofar as changing the genre or, like, doing this amazing movie, it just wasn't any different than anything I've already seen before. It was well done. It was my favorite out of all of those. Okay.
1: But Um, the thing I liked about it was that it, I I feel like any time child molestation in the Catholic Church is dealt with, it's, like, from this very tear-jerky perspective. mm -hmm. And I liked that this was being handled in, like, an honest and emotional way, but without like, a lot of weird yeah. mani- emotional manipulation.
2: I see what you're saying, and I like the journalism aspect of it, yeah. because it was really cool. Uh, that, by the way, this is a Catherine and Sally review movies for the next hour. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I just felt that as, like, a movie that's getting an award or whatever, it just wasn't any different. It was this all-star cast, just in a really big movie that was, like, a movie. Yeah, I mean, that's, I that's fair.
1: I did really like uh, how they really did not... Even though it was like this all star cast, mm-hmm. they really like frumped up all the actors. Yes. Like um when Well it else was the late nineties, Fr- early 2000s And they're journalists, and you know. Journalists. But like when else are you gonna see Rachel McAdams in like pleated khakis? I did like that. It's fucking amazing. She's great. I, I mean I I really enjoyed it, but I mean I, I agree that I didn't think it was like like a transcendent a transcendent like aesthetic right. experience. In really the big like. short, did you like that? I did really like it. Mm-hmm. Um there were a few things I took issue with, such as why was Ryan Gosling's like hairpiece and Steve Carell's hairpiece. why were they so distracting?
2: Here's my theory about that movie. It's a bunch of white actors trying to get awards so they were going to gain weight or look ugly, but just only this much and be weird. And I'm like, we get it. And the only other reason, I mean, I liked it. It's fine. It's a good movie. But this is also why I did not like The Theory of Everything, the one about Stephen Hawking. I didn't see that. That though. came out last year. Um, there's no plot twists. Yeah. Like, I already know what happened during the financial collapse. We already know what we're dealing with now. It's infuriating nothing surprised me in the movie nothing was like oh they did that it's like yeah we know they stole yeah. money and bailed out you know I
1: I was I definitely learned some stuff probably I was just less informed than you um I did find some stuff su- surprising I thought that they told the story in a I wasn't I wasn't surprised by like huge structural things obviously okay. I was like I know <laughs> I know what's going to happen but there were some surprises for me um my thing about it was like I, I was just saying this the other day, and I'm sure people have written about this. I don't know, but I was just like, are, is it really possible that there are basically no women and no people of color? I mean, there, there's one woman of color in the movie, yeah. but is it really possible that there were no, there's no one but white men involved with this entire thing? Like, that's it, the thing. That is is seem the, right? Yeah, and
2: I, I should, to be fair, I did work at a hedge fund at the time of the financial collapse. So I do know more about um, those things, I guess. But I, at the same time, I thought it was very a little too dumbed down, a little mm-hmm. bit too much, like a little bit too pandery. Mm-hmm. Like, you might have been asleep watching your Xbox when this happened, but yeah. you'll never <laughs> believe. And it's like, no, we know that. Um, That's interesting. But, yeah, no, and I think you're right about that, absolutely. I just thought it was fine. I really like Adam McKay. I just didn't. Yeah. Okay, but at the same time, we're watching these and also watching Making a Murderer on Netflix. and like uh, I haven't, uh, now, I was,
1: I, now I'm aware I have to watch it. But I, I was haven't.
2: comparing the filmmaking of that to the, all these movies, and I was like, nothing is like that. You know, I gotcha. don't know. So there's that.
1: Okay, well, tune in next time when we talk about making a murderer. Yeah,
2: thanks so much for listening. Um, so, okay, I think we, we covered that. Um, and things to help ourselves this week. I talked about me turning 41 now instead of 40. 40 That's my new thing. Uh, Sally, what did you do to help okay, yourself?
1: I was away for 10 days, and, you know. Your
2: Instagram, when you posted Jason Street, oh, yeah. and you said Texas forever.
1: Let me tell you something. That was amazing. I thought about the caption for a long time, and actually – so I, I went running. So that's what this is about. Like just basically I, you know, a lot of times on vacation I'm tended to be like, fuck everything. I don't need to do anything I normally do. I'm on vacation. But actually then I feel totally like unmoored and I get stressed out and I miss running. I miss being alone. I miss exercising, like all that kind of stuff. And so the thing I did this Being time, alone is key. Being alone is totally key, yeah. especially during the holidays when there's just like an absolute ton of social time. Um, so the thing I did was just like, really insisted on maintaining. I mean, insisted to myself. I wasn't like, no one was like pushing back. Um, But like I really maintained my routine. Like I went running even when it was like sort of cold and dark and weird to do it. Like Mm -hmm. and I like having to ask people who are hosting us like how to get into their house and where to go and can I borrow a car and go to the local gym and like all that stuff that's like slightly uncomfortable and weird. And in other circumstances, I'd be like, let me just not inconvenience anyone or seem like a weirdo. I was like, fuck it. I'm inconveniencing everyone and it was amazing. I'm really fucking glad I did it. The Jason Street thing. So I was running, and wow. I was like, "I'm on Jason Street. This is insane." So for those of
2: you who have not yet watched Friday Night Lights, you Spoiler. have to, to start getting all of our references. Right, exactly. We're going to speak in code the rest of the episode. <laughs> but yeah, that was so funny.
1: Yeah. So I stopped running to take that picture, and then it had a different um, caption. Yeah. What? Oh, I wrote. I the caption was QB one. No, I wrote. I wrote QB one. Is that you? And then I started running again. I was like, "That's, That's not, not right. funny." And yeah. I stopped running. And I changed the caption to and to Texas forever. That was the best part. I feel like it's the best my the best use of social media for me like ever in my history. I was of, so
2: proud of you. you um, so I told everyone about it. That and means everything didn't to me. It. Oh, yeah. I. Uh, all right. Let's let's do this. Let's um, do our actual show. All right. So uh, do you want to read the
1: first one or shall I? I can get involved. Yeah, let's do it. OK. This is a person's real name and yeah. they said we can use it. Yes. This is from Abby. Hi Kate and Sally, this is slightly embarrassing to write, let alone talk about, but I was looking for what I guess you can call relationship advice. I'm in college now and have never been in any sort of non-platonic relationship with anyone, never been on a date, never even kissed anyone. I know that I shouldn't be embarrassed by this, but it just sort of bubbles up. It's not that I have never been interested in anyone, but my lack of experience, for lack of a better word, has sort of snowballed so that now I get super anxious in situations that could even lead to a kiss. I have no idea what I'm doing. What if I'm an awful, awkward mess? What will the other person think? Et cetera, et cetera. I've met someone who I really like. He's absolutely adorable, and I felt safe enough to share pieces of my past with him that I haven't shared with even some of of my closest friends. I think that the feeling is mutual, but again, I'm worried that my anxiety and fear of being terrible will get in the way of any sort of forward progress in our relationship, or will stop me from even trying to get to that point of forward progress. Help? Thank you. Oh, warm wishes, Abby. All right. Uh... (laughs) When I went to college, Abby, um, if this
2: makes you feel any better, uh, I had only kissed two boys and never had sex, never touched a penis, never even seen one, except for like on TV Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, And I thought I was going to be a virgin forever. And I was like, what's wrong with me? And then I got more and more scared to like interact with people Mm -hmm. um, who I liked. And, you know, I got to tell you, then I eventually just sort of, it was the right situation at the right time. And I was super nervous this could happen to you or not it sounds like you want it to happen we're all going to be terrible the first time we do everything Mm -hmm. but it is nice to do it with someone you trust like a friend or someone you really like Um, I guess like in a way, you know, just I hope you really enjoy all the awesomeness coming to you and all the things that come with being physical with someone, which can be a really beautiful, wonderful thing. It can also be terrifying. Mm -hmm. But just because you haven't had sex yet or even done all the bases or the shortstops or whatever, don't don't worry about it. You know, I've had friends who haven't lost their virginity till they were 30. I have friends who are still virgins and like, it's not the end of the world. Just don't do anything you're not comfortable with just for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how many people have, I don't want to say regrets, but are like, I kind of wish I waited or I wish I didn't feel pressured to make out with so-and-so. Um, no matter what, we're all going to be learning about our bodies with other people. Every time you have a new sex partner, you have to relearn everything about mm-hmm. what this person likes. So right. you're first of all, you're definitely not the only one. Um, totally, I understand like, pressure from society of like all these things, but... It sounds like you know what you want and you're on the right track and you mm-hmm. should just keep trusting yourself because it'll happen
1: when you're ready. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, I also think, I mean, you just sort of touched on this, but the first time that you kiss someone, it's sort of terrible regardless of how many people you've kissed before because you're like learning how to kiss that person. Yeah. So, I mean, you can. I think you can take fear of like you fucking up the first kiss out of the equation <laughs> because usually that first kiss is like, you get that out of the way so you can get to the second kiss, basically. Yes. And if you if you like someone and they like you, having a, a kiss not go super well isn't going to, like, torpedo the possibility of, like, further romantic development. So I, if you can, like, let go of that particular fear, that's cool. Um, and then as far as, like, um, you said you have anxiety and fear of being... I'm worried that my anxiety and fear of being terrible get in the way of any sort of forward progress in our relationship. And, I mean, I think, like... I think the... F- fact that you it's something that you're aware of and you're keeping tabs on probably means that it won't get to that point but you know like yeah it's a thing to be like vigilant about like check yourself and be like you know am I pushing this person away um sorry to use like lifetime movie language but like am I am I don't shut me out uh am I keeping this person away because you know I'm, I'm like worried I'm gonna fuck it up or whatever and, and if you find yourself like answering like yes maybe mm-hmm. then you know like kind of backtrack and and whatever but um I, I don't think your situation also is like that uncommon I mean I don't think I I don't think I had kissed anyone I was like deeply closeted until I was like 20 and mm-hmm. so I was like a junior in college before I kissed anyone and uh I'm sure I was terrible at it, but, mm-hmm. you know, we yeah. all are.
2: You should remind me I dated this guy briefly who was a Republican. What? And uh, this is before we hadn't even kissed or anything. And nothing was happening. We'd be like, go on dates and nothing would happen. This is in college. And he came to my dorm one night and knocked on the door. He's like, hey, do you want to hang out? And I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I look so ugly tonight. And I was like, no, I'm busy. I'm studying. And I didn't let him in. And I found out later he was like, I was going to kiss you that night. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't really want to. And it ended up I didn't like him anyway. Very much because we fought about uh, politics too much. So for a second, I was like, "Did I just push him away?" And then I realized I didn't want to kiss him. Yeah, you know, there you go. like I don't know, I wasn't ready. Republican. Republican. You don't want to kiss. You don't want to kiss that mouth. You know, your body is looking out for itself. So it sounds to me. happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, I guess you know. All joking aside, it's totally terrifying, and you feel like there's something wrong with you. And everyone, it seems like everyone else in the world is dating mm-hmm. except for you, or fucking, or making out. Right? They're not. And if they are, they may not be happy either. So like, just. Don't worry, it sounds like you're doing you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, have fun making out. And this friend you like, I don't know, just keep hanging out and see yeah. what happens. Yeah, go, go with it. And, you know, when it's terrible the first time you guys make out, know can, that the second make it will be way better. You can laugh about it. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. All right. <clears throat> this is from
2: Cody. They chose their name. Uh, so I have a sort of weird question first some backstory I'm a non-binary trans guy he him pronouns please and I have diagnosed complex PTSD and a dissociative disorder that I'd rather not specify because of the stigma surrounding it my mental illness could certainly be described as debilitating most of my friends don't know the full extent of my diagnosis those who do are very uncomfortable with it and most of them aren't especially careful about respecting my gender either not in any sort of malicious way just in a very uneducated way the one person in my life I feel completely comfortable around is my best friend. I'll call him N. N and I have been best friends for some years now. Saying we're close would be an understatement. I don't believe in soulmates, but it's unbelievable to us how similarly, similarly <laughs> our brains work. We're both lonely, empathetic, overthoughtful nerds who just get each other, and we always have and supported me from the beginning of my coming out process and he has never once made me feel awkward or weird or ashamed of my mental illness or the symptoms that come with it i've had a full on epis- i've had full on episodes while with him and he always deals with it very gracefully and compassionately at the beginning of the year, both of us found ourselves in a position where our respective toxic romantic relationships were falling apart, and suffers from depression and other degrees of mental illness, also stemming from trauma, and we both found the only real support and validation either of us was getting, certainly the only kind that resonated with either of us, was from each other. And suddenly things turned a corner. We fell for each other hard. We were both still with our partners when it began, but after a couple of months, we found ourselves single. So it would seem natural for us to get together, right? Well, the thing is, we live 14 hours apart. We both have things that are tying us to where we live, so relocating just isn't in the cards for us, at least not for a very long time. But we are crazy, out of minds, in love with each other, and we're both pretty sure that we're going to be the one for each other the rest of our lives. Yeah, I know, I would have rolled my eyes at this too, even if we can't make a life together, at least not until the distant future. We've more or less made our peace with that and are happy to remain best friends, or as we like to call ourselves, co-pilots. I love that. I love that, too. So, 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 this is what I'm trying to get at. Given the colossal stigma surrounding my mental illness, and given that it's so hard for either of us to find people we can trust, and given that deep understanding we have of how each other's brains work, I'm scared that N and I are on the road to becoming seriously codependent. I'm not monogamous, and while Nen has... N has never been in an open relationship he isn't strictly monogamous either however after being in such a toxic relationship for a long time i've noticed myself developing insecurities and jealous tendencies that i never really had before i know that n going out and dating is good for him and probably good for me too but i'm scared that i'm going to start resenting him or harboring negative feelings towards him so far i'm comfortable talking to him about these feelings when they come up and he's really good at putting them to rest but the fact that they happen at all is worrying to me My question is this, do either of you have any tips for two people who are in love, want to remain best friends, want to remain each other's confidants, want to maintain a deep level of connection and support without letting it become codependent or unhealthy? It's so hard to envision us turning into something toxic, but logically, I know codependency Just can't sustain itself. Am I being crazy idealist for wanting to remain close despite how complicated it is? He is such an important part of my life and I don't want to lose what we have, but I don't want to destroy the wonderful relationship we've always had by being naive either. I realize that what I'm asking is incredibly subjective, but we're both so wrapped up in each other. I think some outside unbiased perspective could go a really long way. P.S. In regards to coping with fear of flying. Whenever my anxiety or paranoia acts up in situations like that, the one thing I found that really helps me, and forgive me because this is super nerdy, is reciting in my head the Litany Against Fear from Dune. You should consider looking it up. It sounds weird, but it really does help me center myself, and I've also used it a few times when I've been nervous on a plane. Just a tip that maybe others could find useful too. And the quote is, "'I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer.'" Fear is the little death that brings total obliter- obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain.
1: It's pretty fucking deep, actually. So,
2: what's the name again? Cody. Cody. Don't think
1: I won't be reciting that quote or Every getting it tattooed on me. I day. Uh, what do you think? Um, I think that Cody, you have a tremendous amount of perspective for being within the thing you know inside the thing you're asking about and I think you've completely beautifully nailed and articulated how codependency in a relationship develops and how scary it is to have that coexisting feeling of like no one's ever gotten me like this and vice versa and no one supports me like this and uh we're so in love and no one else understands us and how that can like coexist with like Um, jealous feelings or um, you know how it can sort of like ferment into feeling like no one else can enter your life or your world like this other person which I think does completely eventually like rot and turn into codependence and I think like I think I guess on a practical level I think one thing that you may need to do is like think about setting some boundaries um, in the relationship with N, um, maybe like you don't want to hear any more about the N's dating situation. Um, maybe um, you set some boundaries like that about what you guys tell each other. But the other thing is like, as far as your jealousies and resentments go, I think that most of us have our own work to do around why we feel threatened when someone we love has other people in their lives that they're connecting with, and sometimes. It's like you're in an open relationship and you realize that that setup is not for you. Sometimes it's like your partner is actually doing something like sketchy and it makes you upset. But like a lot of times it's like your partner is just like differentiating from you and like connecting with people who aren't you. And I think like those are the feelings that you need to explore like why they're happening because you said – that you're comfortable talking to him about your feelings when they come up. And I was like, oh, that's great. But then you said, and he's really good at putting them to rest. And I don't—I think that's like a, a, a p- potentially problematic dynamic to be in because it means that whenever these feelings come up in you, it's his responsibility to like explain to you why you don't have to worry. And I think like figuring out why you don't have to worry or why it's okay to have your feelings is a thing that like you have to – put to rest and you have to like work through and figure out so I would try to kind of separate those two things from each other like you having those feelings and him having to help you figure them out I would I would take something I think codependence happens when two people kind of allow their their minds and their like inner worlds to like merge with one another's and I think sometimes that happens like and when you're in a relationship and you have these bad feelings and you know the other person can like take those feelings away or help you feel better about them and put, the, and put them to rest and before you know it you can't sort of do that by yourself and then you you kind of merge in a way mm-hmm. and so that's like definitely the first thing I would suggest mm-hmm. did that make sense absolutely yeah. I do want to uh, piggyback on that and dovetail Go for on. a moment
2: speaking in my corporate terms um everything Sally said, but also jealousy is very normal. And I I always have a a bad feeling whenever someone says, oh, don't be jealous of this or that. It's like, that's totally natural. Uh, Dogs get jealous of each other. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very um, normal reaction um, that a lot of humans have. Um, And it's very understandable. So that being said, do you want to have the kind of relationship with this person knowing that it's going to come with already a little bit of like oh and the not not good feelings because also being in love it's amazing but also terrifying
0: Mm
2: -hmm. i will say also going back to i think the whole fear thing the fear of flying this whole um uh litany here i think you should take a listen to that because you're very afraid of all the things going forward but again you also don't know the future i may be doing the opposite of what sally says and saying maybe go for it and have this full-blown relationship And just sort of see what happens and maybe you can learn from it and know you're, this person's not the only one in your life, but maybe you need to get it out of your system and sort of like be with this person and actually be with them and see what happens and it may not work out. Mm -hmm. But I'm sort of of the camp of trying it and sort of getting over that fear and then learning from it if, for example, you guys end up not being able to be lovers and you end up just being friends again which is very possible by the way I've definitely gotten relationships with good friends and then been like oh that didn't work and then we've been able to stay friends Mm -hmm. Um, there's really no wrong way to look at this because you know we don't have all the answers but I guess what I'm saying is if you just if you do decide to go with this you know you're gonna learn a lot about yourself and I think it's good to sort of get in there and just try it Because, you know, otherwise it's going to be this thing in your head that's what if, what if, what if, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, what I was getting is that they were deciding not to be together because of the distance, but they're trying to sort of figure out how to remain close to each other despite that. And, I mean, I I think I would say that, like, even if you do decide to be in a romantic relationship with each other, a lot of what you're talking about is stuff that you you will still need to deal with. Like, that the thing of feeling like no one can possibly ever understand you because of how unique you are except for this other person who's equally unique Mm -hmm. I think is a, a perspective that leads to codependence. And I think that like a lot of what people can do to like avoid that is to, you know, work on connecting with other people, work on understanding themselves more. I think like, I think they're just like, mathematically like way too many in the people people in the world for any of us to actually be like so unique that there's only one other human being we can really connect with mm-hmm. and i understand that it's way more complicated than that because you talked about like um some of the mental health diagnoses you have and stuff like that but um i think that like it feels wonderful and amazing to be with someone who finally understands you um but i i do think that like this one person isn't the only person who can like ever meet your needs or ever understand you and if you think of it like that I do think you sort of start to paint yourself into a corner with like this this one other human being mm-hmm. which I don't think is would even feel good for your relationship like if you if you guys like moved closer to each other and were in a relationship together that still actually isn't a super healthy foundation for being with someone
2: mm-hmm. I think what, what I'm reading in you you highlighted this where, where um they said, do you either do either of you have tips for two people who are in love, want to remain best friends, want to remain each other's confidants, want to maintain a deep level of connection and support without letting it become codependent and unhealthy? Uh, not really, because it sounds to me like you, what Sally said, are sort of setting yourself up for you're going to be disappointed either way, right? I guess what I'm saying is either go for it and be in this relationship and say, yes, we're going to be together or not, and by that, totally back off.
1: Oh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, like, what – they want to do is be close with each other and, mm. and have an intimate friendship um, with an emotional closeness, but not be together in a relationship. It Which, sounds like
2: they're in love, you know, and that's the thing. Well, I keep I, yeah, going but back I mean, yeah.
1: but I mean, like, if they're saying that they don't want to be in a relationship now, I'm not going to, like, recommend they be in a relationship. No, no, no.
2: I guess what I'm saying is, have you ever had a moment where you had a friend that you were in love with, and it was definitely in the way of your friendship because you were feeling love and attraction and sexual desire with this person, but you knew you couldn't be together? That has ruined friendships for me if I haven't explored that fully, I guess what I'm saying.
1: That's fair. I mean, but just, like, I, I think that all we have to go off is off of is what he's saying in his email yeah
2: yeah for sure I guess yeah it's just tough because I want to say yeah you know it I guess part of me wants to say you should back off a little bit um, and start to meet other people as well
1: I guess I mean like just to speak directly to the 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 questions about like this this friendship with this person I do think that you can have an intimate close connected friendship with someone Um, but I do think that it is complicated because of the deeper or not deeper but romantic feelings you guys have for each other mm-hmm. and so I think like that requires you probably both of you to put up some boundaries just in the practical sense and like decide that there are some things you won't talk about um, that you're there are parts of your lives and your inner lives that you're gonna keep to yourselves um, and then also like you know keep thinking about the ways in which you are depending on each other and you know make sure that you are um Cody that you are like maintaining some independence and some autonomy in how you take care of yourself um just as a person and also how you take care of yourself in this in this friendship and then the other thing I would say is like I think you know if like finding one person who really gets you and really validates you I think is not evidence that that's the only person who can do that I think it's evidence that there are more people out there like him Mm -hmm. and I would say like it might be really good for you to start trying to see if there are other people who get where you're coming from and understand where you're at mental health wise and respect your gender identity and Mm -hmm. stuff like that because I feel like those people probably exist.
2: Yeah, I guess my question then that you should ask yourself is is this keeping me from finding another potential partner and person I can share things with, date, have a romantic relationship with? Mm-hmm. If you're fi- finding that you're having a hard time doing that because of not being able to find the same kind of connection, then I guess start to think about what you want and you know be realistic about what is available.
1: Yeah, but Does that Cody, make sense? yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's like a, it's a tricky situation because um I think yeah, just like feeling so deeply connected to someone, I feel like there's like a fine line between feeling deeply connected and feeling like, without this person, I'm not connected to anything. Yeah, and so it's tough. But you also are so fucking on top of it.
2: Yeah, you have I. Yeah, you should.
1: This should be what you wrote should be like like the way you described how codependence develops. I feel like should be in the Wikipedia definition for. Codependence. I mean, we can probably make that happen. Let's right do it right now. now. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that is the whole thing. <laughs> is that Wikipedia. how Wikipedia
2: works? I don't even know. Um, awesome. So last question this is Is we choose the name oh shit um is there like a movie or something that you saw recently
1: let's see those two that we talked about are really boring oh I saw um Creed
2: yes me too
1: you wanna do uh yes Donnie yes okay perfect uh okay dear Kate and Sally there are so many, many issues I've been wanting to write to you about, but what happened this week has triggered so many of my emotions that are tied together with all of them, so this will make either make a lot of sense or no sense at all, but I'm going to do my best to make this congruent and not a novel. Also, I want to give a trigger warning that this email is about sexual assault. The first paragraph isn't my story, but it is parallel to mine. Last week, my dad approached me with something he wanted my opinion thoughts, words, whatever on. He asked my thoughts because he unhappily knows I'm a loud feminist activist. Without delving too deeply into it, one of his colleagues has been accused of sexual harassment with a number of women coming forward. It, is, it has now progressed to the point that there is a petition going around asking for his dismissal from the department. I could write an entire essay on the speech I gave my dad about what women deal with in the workplace, in the streets, or just about every aspect of life. I read him the open letter by Eastern Washington University engineering student Jared... Malden to the females he works with and then there's a link to that HuffPo piece uh, I even read him a few excerpts you like how I tried to fix the spelling oh. in uh, let me just fix it there we go uh, I read him a few excerpts from an open letter I wrote this year to make this part as brief as possible I'll just write a few of my dad's statements during this whole conversation Quote, women need to toughen up and report it as soon as it happens there are proper ways to go about dealing with this it's women's responsibility to know how to protect themselves it's my, like, dumb guy voice. Ugh. And referring to these, women's co- these women coming forward as accusations, quote-unquote, and describing how this has destroyed this colleague of his.
2: I'm already furious.
1: Yeah, I'm, Donnie. like, in a rage. Yeah. Um, now for the heart of this message. A year ago, while living with a radical progressive community, I was raped by someone who holds a lot of power and esteem in the Earth liberation community. It took months for me to have the courage to come forward publicly, and the day I released my statement, which I will include at the bottom of this, I was a complete wreck for days the response is what you could imagine a mix of support and vitriol that still continues to this day this week i received an email from my dad with the title of the person's accused name quote is innocent and the only one sentence inside Mm. and i can prove it god god God. dad dad's everywhere dad fucking take it easy (laughs) jesus um this has triggered every bit of anxiety i had hidden in my body i know exactly what these women are dealing with what they are feeling the abuse they are getting i don't have to imagine the courage it took for them to dare to come forward every bit of insecurity i have about how i handled my rape is screaming inside my head every time my dad brings this up i can hardly eat anymore i can't focus i wish i could make my family understand how real and dangerous it feels to be female to desire autonomy To hear the blame be on us for wanting liberation, it turns my brain into seething, bubbling screams that I want to unleash the next time this comes up. I never told my family about what happened to me because I was so afraid of what the response would be, and this situation makes me only feel that it was a smart move on my behalf. This next week will be the one-year anniversary of my rape. I'm shocked I can actually use that word now. So what I guess So I guess what I'm asking Is for some kind of Readings, essays, books That I can not only brush up All my talking points But also share with people Who still don't believe What women go through Also if you have a for me Ways of tackling my own anxiety I can't afford therapy Though I wish with all my heart I could I have no idea If this makes any sense at all Or if I've done a good job In trying to convey the situation But I'm so so grateful For anything You have to say at all Sincerely Donnie Okay Um, There's a lot here so I guess we'll just start with the first thing.
2: Um, This is not the first time I've heard of a quote unquote liberal progressive man doing something horrible to a woman. So uh, yeah, this is I remember reading this letter um right after reading an article about some other horrible professor who's like progressive and all his male students were you know getting behind him and it's like nope so this is very um unfortunately common I wanted to jump straight into when you said a reading list essays books to brush up on talking points I'm gonna have to just say you don't need to fucking do that because you're not going to change these people's minds and they're just re-traumatizing you. There's always going to be somebody on Twitter or in your family who's like, i actually, and never have I ever managed to fully change everyone's mind. Some people, yes, in my life who are actually caring and listen to me speak. But when you meet somebody who will not or cannot do their own fucking research to understand, I would say for your own safety and protection, maybe you need to... Not worry about educating them because it sounds to me like your dad's never going to fucking get it. And it's just making you and making me furious. Yeah. Um, Sally.
1: (laughs) I I think that like readings and brushing up on talking points are helpful when you're dealing with someone who can perceive your humanity and is willing to listen to your perspective. But like you're not I mean like uh, yeah like what Catherine said like it's not your job to be educating people but also like you have some real work to do around your own anxiety and your own trauma and this like garbage with your dad who sounds like really um like argumentative with you and it sounds like it's triggering to deal with him. And I would just – I mean like I, I think the work that all adults have to do is figure out at what point they have to stop trying to get their parents to understand them and um, – let go of the idea that their parents are going to like validate who they are as human beings and just like work on your own self. And Mm -hmm. I definitely think like, you know, everyone is different. Everyone's parents are different. And a lot of people find success with like trying to connect with their parents over certain things. But like what I think most people need to be a lot better at is like being – Real about who their parents are as human beings and what their limitations are. If your dad is the kind of person who's sending you emails being like, so and so is innocent, and this is what women should do and shouldn't do, and like, he's not a person that deserves your talking points. He's not a person that, like you said, even I think you did act like uh, what, like, in it was an act of self protection for you to not disclose to him about your assault because it doesn't sound like he's a safe person for you. So, I mean, I think the dad thing is like a whole situation. The anxiety thing and the trauma thing, like you said you couldn't afford therapy. And so I just went ahead and did some Googling for you of of, of affordable therapy options. So um, one is openpathcollective.org. Um, and another thing to do is talkspace.com, which is like affordable online therapy. Another avenue is to seek therapy from a training institute or clinic or a community health center both places have sliding fee scales another thing to do is look at this psych central article from a few years ago called what to do when you can't afford therapy and there's like a million different options um, I think that you there's you've experienced a deep trauma and you have it sounds like a lot of anxiety from it um, and that's stuff that you deserve to have help with processing mm-hmm so, I think you
2: should do that. And also, I mean, so let's go back to the whole thing with your dad, really. Sorry. <laughs> Sally just <laughs> hit the pop filter. It's okay. That's what it's there for. You would have hit the mic if you didn't Smack hit the pop it. filter. Oh, don't. You're welcome. Um, that's what we wanted to do to your dad. Boom. Um, no, I'm joking. He, I'm sure he's good in other parts of your life. And if not, then, you know, not not cool. But you might just want to say to him that for whatever reason, I really don't want to talk about this anymore with you. You'll never understand what I'm saying. You're actually harming me. This will be a topic that we can never discuss ever again. And don't send me any more emails, please. I mean, it's even just having that boundary or your barrier. And if he really, 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 really wants to know and we can actually listen to you, then maybe get in the convo. But I think first things first, you need to make it very clear. Dad, no more emails about this. No more mansplaining. I don't want to talk about this with you since we're never going to agree on it. Um, that's pretty powerful. And that's a powerful thing that you can do, one of the many things to go forward. Because unfortunately, your dad is going to be in your life for as long as you want it to be Um, and what Sally said therapy I mean I think the more you work on yourself right now because you have been through a very serious trauma and you know I understand the desire to want to like let everyone in the world know you know what women go through but right now I think you need to process what you went through in order
1: to just take care of yourself first because you're going to get re-traumatized getting in these conversations and I think you know it's really hard to be an advocate for anything you believe in when you aren't practicing self-care yeah you know and when you're not it's that whole thing of like putting the mask on your face first and then you can like start worrying about like the world and everything like that and I understand that like you know this isn't just a social justice issue. This is a thing that, you know, you are con- deeply connected to personally. But I just I, I, I just think at a certain point, it's not about talking points and like things to read because you know how to find all that. Like you don't have to write in to an advice podcast for us to do that. You can do all that Googling yourself. Um, y- you told us about something I didn't know about this, like HuffPo open letter thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that like finding resources with like facts and perspectives is actually what you want or is going to be helpful I think you need to turn your passion and compassion to yourself um and yeah I mean check out some of the the things I mentioned um you can also just like google affordable therapy Mm -hmm. and then like the name of your city or state and you'll find some options but I really think it's a good avenue to go down
2: yeah and you know also going forward there I don't talk about my feminist talking points to everyone in the world unless I know that they're actually going to listen to me because otherwise it's a waste Mm -hmm. of your time and energy and you're just going to get into an argument. Um, That doesn't mean you can't be an advocate or vocal or write awesome pieces. You can, obviously. Totally. But just understand there's some garbage people in the world who just are never going to get it and um, you can't always change that. But what you can do is encourage other survivors to come forward eventually and all that but that only comes after you take care of yourself where you have the strength to handle that and so thank you so much for writing in that was really you know interesting and touching and yeah
1: good luck with everything keep us posted if you want let us know how things are going. yeah
2: yeah it sounds like you you know exactly what's up and it's just you have to get through
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um the difficult things that you're going through so yeah um gosh that's it it happened oh man all right well yeah i guess we're already so, we didn't announce the big announcement.
1: Oh, Sally, shit, man. Do you want to see us live? I do. I want to see us live. I would like to see us Slash, live. Slash, I'm totally terrified. What are you doing on February 8th? Is that a Monday or a Tuesday? It's a Monday. Monday? The best day of the week, am I right? You guys aren't doing anything. Monday fun day, they call it. What time? 7.30. Are
2: you free on 7.30
1: Monday? I am. February? Well, I'm not. I have plans. I have
2: plans, too. Sally, what are you
1: doing? I'm going to be at Union Hall. Doing? In Brooklyn. Doing the Struggle, Struggle Bus live. live. What? Holy shit. You guys. How what? did we forget to say this? Because we re- got really into the
2: movies. We situation. got into the SAG
1: Awards. Yeah.
2: So listen. Struggle Bus Live. We'll have a link up on the website shortly. Guests, guests are going to help you answer your questions live on stage. TB
1: but announced. Here's the thing. If you
2: don't live in New York, totally understand. But if you do, there's no excuse. We need to pack the house out.
1: Yeah. We and it's need a to get small a house. So if there's 10 of you, we'll be packed. Yeah. Not, not really 10. Maybe well, what, you know, like no, 40. Yeah. OK. <laughs> 15. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Bring a, bring a friend. Bring, bring a, many uh, friends. Yeah. A mannequin. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Want, like a broom with like a jacket on. So a little head of hair. Exactly. Harris yeah. Bueller.
2: People stacked <laughs> up in a, a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, a really tall person. Um, and bring questions too.
1: Bring questions, oh bring like all of your struggles, and we haven't really decided exactly what the fuck it is we're gonna how we're gonna do it. We're but, gonna it's give gonna advice, be but it's gonna pretty be pretty fun. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, so think about like all of your problems and struggles, but in a really fun format. Yeah, perfect. Right?
2: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna entertain you. Cool. You guys just, you're gonna. Bl- you won't believe. Sorry to use a Donald Trumpism. You won't believe how much fun we're gonna have.
1: That's the tagline of our show. You, you won't, won't believe how much fun you're gonna have. <laughs> um, if you want a hat, uh, oh, and we'll have like some merch then yes, too.
2: We'll we'll have pins. That's Is that true? <gasps> Sally, you're so good at that. It's
1: so true. So February eighth, Union Hall, Brooklyn, and it'll be. Very cheap. It, those tickets are usually really cheap. We can
2: make it whatever we want. Yeah. So yeah. So They'll be or, affordable. A buck or two. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: So you can always tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Find a struggle buddy or send animal photos using the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 or tweet at Sally T or me at SPK Heller. So Sally threw the gauntlet.
1: I did, the last but I show. feel like I was actually responding to your gauntlet. Yeah.
2: So gauntlet's been thrown. It, yeah. With the song of the week, and I loved loved your choice of Devil Town Thank so you. much. I listened to it like five times in a row. People were tweeting about it. People loved it.
1: I, I also was into my own choice. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was great. So, gosh, it's my it's my turn. So um, everyone knows Radiohead. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Uh, Creep is one of their most Mm -hmm. popular songs it's a good one but have you heard of Carrie Manolakos? I haven't she is a singer a Broadway person oh shit oh shit and she did a uh, solo show at Les Poussins Rouge okay and sang some of her favorite songs and she does a cover of (gasps) Creep that is so fucking gorgeous. Oh, my God. Your ears will explode. Oh, my
1: God. I'm so into this.
2: And if you can, watch also the video online of her singing live. It's just mind-blowing. It sounds
1: amazing. It's gorgeous. I love how this ha- this segment has evolved into us just competing with each other. I mean, <laughs>
2: was it not going to? That's a good point. Okay.
1: <laughs> I think we're just trying to out-please each other. That's true. That's what we're we do. Such, we're givers. We're so good at pleasing. we so nice. I know. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy that. I'm psyched. I can't wait to hear it. I
2: can't wait for you to hear it. Well, here it is now. So uh, Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate.
1: I'm Sally. Bye. Bye.
0: So I got a little cover for you. When you were here before, (sighs) couldn't lock you in. you? Whatever makes you happy Whatever you want You're so fucking special